Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. To people that think they're going to get away with murder. It is straight up 9 o'clock on the mic count. The show is 1025 The Bone. In the studio with us, a, uh, well, I would say disease-free, but I could say COVID-free, <laughs> Shuli Agar is here. Well, some people some people consider Judaism a disease. <laughs> I don't. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm married to a Jew, so. Uh, hey, we all have our I'm disease as well. In life. I, guess. Um, uh, I have, so, you ever watch the, um, the international kennel show, the dog thing? Oh, yeah, Westminster? Yeah, Westminster. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. I can get out. So they have a dog, they have a dog, and the dog's name will be... Fred, but then when you look on its papers, it's like Freddy of the Wilderness in the Stormy. Like it has a real royal name. Sure. What? Give me. I heard it once before. What is the full Shuli name? Isn't it Shauli? Shauli. Shauli. So Shul. So Shauli is the boy's version of my name. Shuli is the girl's version of my name. So why did you get the Sheila? I didn't go with Sheila, but thank you. Uh, I went with Shuli because S-H-A-U-L-I, when it's spelled on a piece of paper, people have no clue where to go I w- I would have said Shauli. Shauli. You're one of the smart ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in doctor's office where they go, they look at the chart, and I see them looking at it, and I go, that's my name. Just yeah, from the yeah. eyes. And then they go... Raleigh? <laughs> they I don't, don't want to like, Where look, the hell is there an R? They don't want to look stupid. Yeah, yeah. they're like, this can't be right. Who would name their kid Shauli? Yeah, they go, this is an I chart. This yeah. is the name. <laughs> my last name, do you not say my last name? Try it. What, uh, Calta? Yeah, okay, but, yeah. It, but it, uh, for as simple as it looks, people call me Calta all the time. Yeah. Even if they hear me say Calta, they, we were just talking about this yesterday, they still insist on calling me Calta. Yeah. And I don't care. I never correct anybody. My father gets very pissed off about it. Very, <laughs> for some reason, he's like, oh, you don't call it California. And he gets very angry. Well, yeah. my folks changed uh, our last Our last name was The Bomb f- f- in the beginning. Yeah. And they changed it to Egar. What, what, what was it? Jaeger. So you were Shaul Jaeger. I just been, come check out the Jaeger yeah, tour, bro. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh. Also, Chuck Jaeger, Jaeger Meister. You had so many good Jaeger things. Yeah, we they ruined Egar. it. It's just just the last name sounds like somebody pushing up their glasses <laughs> from the middle. <laughs> Gives you a perfect visual. Yeah. Oh, by your name. <laughs> now, Shuli was supposed to be here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Did you have symptoms, or did you just take a random test and you were like, "God damn it, I have COVID." Yeah, because my kids are going to school, so, you know, every week. Little germ carriers that they are. And it's like, it's fine. It's the best way we're going to get through this. Yeah, just to get it and go. That's it. Mm -hmm. So every week they're like, we're shutting down again. Mm -hmm. So uh, they said there was somebody in her class that tested positive. So we uh, tested her. She had she she was negative. Everybody in the house was negative. I was positive. Brought it home to you. So uh, that was my gift. How old are your kids? Uh, Twelve and seven, two girls. So I have a fourteen-year-old, uh, a fifteen-year-old uh, son who goes to high school, and every day, like remember when you used to cut high school, you could probably get away with it. This school will call you, they'll email you, they they are trying to get him in trouble for something, but they call every night and they let you know what the COVID count is in the yeah. school. They used to be like, oh, it turns out that there's three. 
kids in the whole school. Now they're like 42 kids, and your son is kind of in contact with six of them. It's, so like, your, it's like your kids go to school on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like what else? You just know it. I don't freak out by it. I don't know what else you're gonna, what else you going to do. We've all had it now. We've all got shots. So what are you going to do? Ride it out. Yeah, dude. Just, just you know, because people are always like, uh, uh, you know, they go, well, what was it like? They go. Well, it sucked, man. I got yeah. sick, and it's like, yeah, getting sick sucks all the time. No matter what you get, there's no positive sick. No, I'm feeling awful these last couple of days because of allergies. Yeah, and allergies are driving me insane. Which I didn't, for some reason, get till I was in my mid 40s. All of a sudden, I have allergies now. Well, now you have allergies, and everybody thinks this guy's walking around infected. <laughs> exactly. The other day, I cleared my throat in uh, CVS, and everybody looked at me. I was like, I had some in my throat. What do you want? <laughs> I know. I got a fat neck. It happens. A sneeze is now the N word. <laughs> People, people whip their head around like, yeah. uh, can you believe this guy? You can't control yourself? That's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, my condolences on uh, Marfan Mike. Yeah, Who man. passed away. It's a big, tough month, man. Those I, whackpackers are dropping off like crazy. Well, even before that, I had uh, my mom passed away a couple oh. weeks before Marfan. You know what? I think I did know that. I'm sorry. No, it's all good, man. You know, uh, I didn't work for you for 15 years. <laughs> oh, have you not heard from anybody? Here? No, I, I actually have heard from a lot of people. Uh, just not that one. Just maybe not yeah. every, just not all the people, but. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Um, I don't think so. I think I think if I was vaccinated, I'd get a call. <laughs> I was I was listening. Uh, Shirley worked for years on the Howard Stern show and really did a good job. Um, I was a longtime fan and uh, grew as a bigger fan uh, for the satellite years because of the upgrades on the show. I still think in all these times, the best years were the last radio. The last FM years with Artie. I the transition the, from Artie to and the first five years of Sirius, great, untouchable. Yes, and uh, I, I don't. I remember there was a time in radio where you had to be mad at Howard and you couldn't like him and he didn't like you. But I always, I grew up listening to him and I had no problem saying, just like I would hear him talk about watching Letterman and all that stuff. I was like, why would I not say that? So everybody knows that I'm a fan. Uh, I don't know him. I've only met him a couple of times, um, and uh, he was incredibly nice to me. So uh, those are my feelings toward him. But it bothers me, and we talked about this last time we were here, to hear so many of these stories about, um, like, my guys. I only have a couple of guys that work for me, but I have treated them like I'd want to be treated, and that's because when I came up in radio, I was treated like garbage most of the time, and I thought I will never do that to other people. And it, and I don't have the resources that he has. So right. when I hear about the Scott the Engineers and guys like that, I'm like, I, do, I just don't understand how a guy could be like that, a guy who's so fortunate. But I don't know all the stories, and I don't know him. So And I, and I, and I get that. You know, we don't know what's going on in people's lives. We can only, you know, assume or whatever. And, and then you do that, you kind of start walking around with baggage yeah. uh, and, and just, you know, treating people differently, tra- treating yourself differently. Yeah. Uh, depending on what you drum up in your head, the the biggest thing for me was there was never really a chance to do a one on one. Like, hey man, like where are we at? Like, what what? How you know? How can I help do this? How can you help me? Like, let's work together. Now, from a listener point of view, when Artie left and they did have to fill that void, yeah, uh, it seemed like to him that you were one of those people that he would have considered to be 
at least on a rotation. He even I remember him saying it. He's like, you know, they had, they had Brewer come in, they had a couple of people, and then they were like, and he said, Shuley might might be a good guy to sit in here. And I thought, well, that's the that's the best compliment ever. I mean, to go from calling in on the phones to to this to the the New York rank, uh, Yankees of radio, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and and like I've said it, I had zero radio experience. I've never swung a bat, and right. now the Yankees are like, you're up third, <laughs> and so. That to me was a win. Like yeah. if it ended tomorrow with him saying, "I think he'd be a good fit," that was great. The fact that they gave me a chance and tried me out, and and I got to thank you know Tim Sabian was the guy who was pushing for me to get in there, yeah. and uh, and and when I did, it was great. It, you know, my thing was, I knew the show so well from listening for so long that when a guest would come in, I'd put my mic up. If I thought of something to say, I'd write it. Right. And then the rest of the time, this is your world. You, yeah. I'm not going to do a better job interviewing somebody than you. You that's and that's a good quality to have in somebody that that you work with. And and uh, because a lot of times, if somebody's name's on the show, you're working hard and being funny, but you know you're making that guy. You, that guy is getting famous. So I, I, I know there's no secret to anybody in my listening audience that Galvin is super funny and and that. Uh, but I, you have to have. You ha- from your point of view, you have to be somebody who's comfortable with knowing that. And from the other guy's point of view, you have to be comfortable with uh, you know not feeling insecure that other people are helping you out, and you don't have to worry about them passing you by or any yeah. of that stuff. You want it to be as funny as possible, however, whatever way it comes through. There was a, there was never a feeling of a SNL writers room in right. there until it started feeling like an SNL writers room. Now I I was I haven't listened. Uh, I mean, I would listen every day. Yeah, and I haven't listened in a long time. I Me would too. Say I may they have... cut my subscription off. <laughs> I, I say I may have went uh, almost a year without listening to a live show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other day, I was listening, and it appears that he is reading like a monologue that somebody else wrote, and that he gets his pronouns wrong because it's coming in somebody else's voice. Ah. Like, I've heard that, and I'm like, well, that guy, he's reading that because mm. he's saying the wrong the wrong words, you you're, know? You're a deadly poker player. Yeah. The, huh? te- the tells you pick up on, the little things. It's it's uh, disappointing. And then again, I don't I don't really care. I, I don't care how the... How the sausage is made. I want the sausage to be good, but when you start tasting, but there's a part the sausage, of us that does care, right? Yeah. Because because we we grew up listening to this show. That the number one factor for me in in as far as like the show pulling you in was the organic nature. Yes. Yes. The spontaneity of it. You know. Jackie saying something during the news and then it turns into forty five minutes of goofing on Jackie. Yes, that was the greatest part of, of it's still it's still some of the best stuff that happens here. And, and everybody tries to do it. Yes, right. Everybody you can't tries. try to do it if you no. can let it happen organically. It happens, but uh, that would that was and and then the relentless just abuse of Jackie or or Fred or, or whoever it was for some re- for something that was funny was always great. I remember when we were doing the block party tour, it was uh-huh. myself, Ronnie the limo driver, and Scott the engineer, and we came in to goof on Scott backing out of a weekend of shows. Right. For And his excuse was, I have a family cousin's wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we goofed, and, and the segment lasted an hour, and it started on Scott, then it moved to Ronnie yeah. for screaming on stage and asking chicks to whip out their jugs. Yeah. And then it moved to me for talking to Jason about how much Scott made on the road and how <laughs> ungrateful. So it was literally in an hour, 
everybody got a turn. You had to let it unravel. It yeah. has to unravel like that. And that's what he's a master of. Yeah. It's just, you know, for me, now doing my podcast and stuff, it's like I have to remind myself, pace yourself. Yeah. Take your time. Well, I love when people do podcasts for the first time and they go, hey, man, uh, I got to give you some credit. It's not as easy as, uh, as I course. thought. Yeah, it's not. Now do four hours a day. Uh, that's the thing, you know, you, you because... On that show, I was always supported. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never, it was never my show. So that, that transition into now, like, there is nobody else to fall back on. Right. This is all on you. And if this show isn't funny, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a big learning experience for me. But it was something that I've always wanted to try and do. I knew there was a ceiling where I was at. I wasn't going to get any higher. I, in my mind, okay, so I think about that too. There is a ceiling for all of all of the people that work there, even the guys like Gary and all that. Absolutely. So, but in my mind, the uh, end result is he is going to leave at some point. Sure. And in order to carry on the legacy and to carry on uh, with with th- that whole that whole network of people, there is going to be opportunities to do more stuff at that point. And people are going to be looking for something that's the same yet different. And I would think to myself, there's some, there, there's that's what I'd be waiting for because I know I'm not going to do anything while he's here. I'm not going to take over. So I would just ride it out and wait for that if I could until I lost my mind. You know, and I think I lost my mind a little bit sooner yeah. than, than I could wait it out. Um, you know, when we moved out of New York to uh, uh, Alabama. I had peace of mind living-wise where my neighborhood wasn't turning to garbage right. and I wasn't in fear of what could happen to my kids. And where were you living? Uh, we were living in Queens. Queens, okay. And we were living in a really nice... We lived there 10 years. It was a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. There was other kids there. It was nice. And literally overnight, once the pandemic hit, like our neighborhood was on the national news. It was just people partying in the streets. <laughs> there was supposed to be quarantine. Yeah. You know, we had... Uh, our, our apartment was attempted to break into like three different times wow um so i'm just like yeah this is this is not what i want to be doing yeah. this is not where i want to be i knew we were never going back to the studio right so it, now is nobody in it i know he's not there and, and i don't know where anybody else is Are they all different places or yeah everybody's kind of no i mean i think there's some like tech people that are there right the essential the ones that keep the satellite up in the air right right but no no cast members or anything like that I know they were doing, like, I know Jim and Sam were doing shows oh, yeah, yeah. in-house there. for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I know there's guests coming in now that, you know, you have to fill out a whole, you know, yeah. thing uh, and get tested and everything. But as far as his show, yeah, I don't think there's anybody there. I could be wrong. To like, me, that was one of the best things to happen from COVID, was not being able to go back to the station. Well, I'm I, never going back now. And I get it. And and. I think for him, it, it, it's like a dream come true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? They An never excuse to leave the house. Yeah. to never get all out of your house. Yeah. For me, it changed so much because I'd worked so hard to build a trust with uh, Gary, with with Howard, that if I had something to add, they would just let me in. And right, go, right. You know, I, I mean, wouldn't You can't have... do that now. You can't break in. You can't add anything. Like, how does that work? No, because yeah. now it's all messy, and you're yeah. like, and they're like, uh, you know, for me, and this is a dumb thing, but for me, it was like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, there was one day Jeff the Drunk called in. I had made this puppet from a puppet that I found in the trash can. My neighbor was throwing it. I made a Jeff the Drunk puppet myself. Let me explain to people yeah. who may not be a big Howard listener. Jeff yeah. the Drunk is one of the people that call all the time, kind of like uh, Crazy Patty and all this, but Jeff 
Jeff is literally Jeff. I remember the episode where we found out how old Jeff was, way younger than we always thought, yeah. but looks like he's way older because he's been drunk every day. He's got yes. a, a gimp arm. He's got the cowboy hat. He's an absolute mess. One of the funniest ever. One of the funniest and really not likable. A lot of people don't like Jeff. And yeah. he really well, he's angry. He doesn't make any apologies. No, for no. He's going to be who he is. And, uh, and, and so Jeff called in, and I do an impression of Jeff. Uh-huh. So I made a puppet. So when he would call in, because Jeff's calls would last 30 seconds to a minute, right. and Howard would hang up on yeah, him. Yeah, he was just sloppy. It wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. He never brought anything to say. So I, would have, I had this puppet. I'm ready to go. So he calls in. And I type in, I said, I'm ready with the puppet. And then I get a message back. Do you have sample lines? And I go, in my head, I'm like, yeah, check the last 15 years. Yeah, like, you, know, you like, have to run the lines by them? I go, this is what I've been doing for, oh. for years. And so for me, I was like, you know what, man? Like, this was that was the one thing I had left where I could stick my hand up this yeah. puppet <laughs> but, and, just, and just, you know, come up with lines and riff. And, and the whole goal in all of it, was to make Howard laugh. Right. Because if he laughed, I knew people listening are laughing. And the whole thing with Jeff is you could have just gone, hey, you know, yeah. just like do one of those. things. already Howard. Yeah, it's already funny. That's it. Yeah. Ah, that's such a shame, man. I just How... want to thank you so <laughs> How... Let me ask you this. How does that not, how does that need sample lines, but those fake Tradio calls and all those things that they try to I, listen. Through. I haven't been. I can tell you that when I was in Sound Richard's studio, like Sound Richard are the last of a dying breed yeah. when it comes to doing legit prank calls. They Some of do, them are legit and great. They do know. legit prank right. calls. Um, I think the worst thing was like the political. Oh my, the Mitt Romney stuff. Like I would be in meetings and I go, show me one tweet from somebody saying that fake Trump. Call yeah. was hilarious, We'd and I'm not go. knocking the writers. The writers there are talented people, and they're doing what he wants. Right. Ultimately, they're not going rogue and coming in with these bits and, yeah. and cramming them in the show. No, it was it was that was one of the things I was going to say. Those fake politicians calling in were it was and just you, the politicalness of of every day. Yeah. It was just I was like, dude, I go out of my way to not watch the news. I don't want to be wrapped in fear. Yeah, and then I I sit down for to work. And it's like the next four hours is we're all going to die. This is never going to end. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Shuli Agar. Shuli is going to be at Side Splitters. He uh, had gotten COVID. Yeah, much funnier at Side Splitters than this. By yeah. the way, I won't be breaking down Radio One Hundred and One. <laughs> uh, n- now, when you you didn't you weren't a comedian either. So how when did you when were you like I could probably do this? I'm- no, I actually when I when I was living in Vegas, I had started doing stand-up. Oh, you did. I definitely wasn't a comic. I I ran like four or five open mics. I was definitely a host. Yeah. A feature at best. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. But that was in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Vegas is not a comedy club scene. Mm-hmm. You can go and see a touring headliner in any hotel. Right. But as far as a circuit, the, 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 you got too many options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. Oh, my Why God. would I go see? Uh, you know, Shuli and somebody else uh, local at one place when I can go see uh, Kevin Hart at, at the MGM. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I just, Vegas is like animation, right? It's like, it's the only city where it's 3 a.m. and you go, you want to go indoor skydiving? <laughs> and then your buddy's uh, like, yeah. And then you're there a half hour later doing it. It's a cartoon. There's, yeah. the, the, there's no boundaries there. So Vegas, I started doing stand-up. I wasn't great at it. 
but I hooked up through the show calling in. I hooked up with uh, Bob Levy and some of the guys in KC. And so I would go out to New York and I would do these shows with these guys and get booked on Howard to sit in on the news right. and plug the shows. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, but then when I got to New York to start working for Sirius, I literally got shoved onto this huge Killers of Comedy tour yep. and Artie's tours. Uh, and, and it was like, here, nobody knows you. You go out there, do your dumb impressions from the show, and uh-huh. figure it out. And and now, do you and Arnie talk at all? Uh, we touch base when his podcast started up. Yeah, um, yeah, he's doing he's doing great. You know, the fact that we didn't hear I from think, him so long. I think great is probably <laughs> well <laughs> a little high. I, you mean in light that he's alive I is think, probably great. I think it's great. I think the fact that. We haven't heard from him on social media and all these different places is a good sign. He's approaching it the right way. No, I think I think I think that people are like running stuff for him. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. And I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people are more involved in his life, and I think that's important. You See, know? Galvin, Galvin's back at the station. Galvin, and refresh my memory if I'm wrong, but there was a time where Artie went to France. Oh, and yeah. got arrested in France. Yeah, yeah he was uh, screaming outside of a hotel. His, okay, but did, a... it, I believe we were talking about it on the air, and one of our listeners called in and said, we have video of Artie from that night. Get out of here. Yes, he was dancing in the street, and they were there on their honeymoon or something, and they had the video of him before he got arrested uh, of dancing in the street and doing all this stuff, and he, we ended up getting it to him and he watched it so he could see how messed up he really wow. was. Yeah, but th- is that uh, is that am I get that right? Like I think it was one of our listeners who called in and said they they happened to have that audio. I believe that so. Video, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It was it was years ago. That's why I can't because I'm old. I can't remember. Well, anything. shame on you, France, for turning into Footloose. Dances, <laughs> and then you arrest them. Listen, Artie dancing is like watching uh, Shrek dance. He's just <laughs> knocking things over as he's moving around. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure they didn't arrest him for dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Shuli was trying to hit Joe's pipe before the. Uh, were you able to get anything yeah. out of that? A little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, Joe's been. Joe's had a tough life. You can well, tell from that pipe. It's You're correct. Joe's, Joe's eighty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I I am trying so hard to enjoy uh, getting high, and I can't. Uh, I What's keep the doing problem? It. Talk I can't, to Yoda. I can't Yoda. smoke anything. Okay. It, it immediately makes me cough. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Okay. I'm not a prude. I'll drink until I pass out. But uh, I have. Uh, I have never smoked, so I've been trying edibles. Yeah, those are, you can't gauge those. You can't gauge them. I had to pull over. I, I was driving home from, uh, took my kids to a trampoline place with my wife, and on the way home, I was like, I think you have to drive. I had to yeah. pull over, and, I, and then I couldn't figure out how to get in the parking spot. It was too, but I only ate a little piece. Like, I can't tell, I just don't know how much to eat of what. Here, here's my advice. Yeah. Weed is like bombing on stage. Yeah. Okay? It's only as comfortable as you want it to be. <laughs> but you can't. When you're bombing, you wish you can get out of it. And Not weed. necessarily. Yeah. What I'm saying is when you're bombing, if you lean into it yeah. and you go, man, this really sucks. Let's really get into this. Yeah. Then it becomes fun for you. It's still not going to be fun for them. Right. For the as long as you enjoy it. But as long as you enjoy So my thing is like. You know, I remember my kids had a play. This is back in New York. My, my kid, my oldest kid had a play date at a friend's house. I'm home in the apartment alone. I go in the backyard. I roll up the fattest joint. Yeah. And I'm smoking this joint. I'm high as a kite, man. And I get a text from the mom. Oh. Where are my kids at? Uh, my kid and your kid are not getting along. She's ready to go home. Oh. And I'm so high. Right. I, wrote, I wrote back, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have a job to do, so I go yeah. and I and I pick up my kid 
and we're and I'll never forget this. We're walking. I'm high. She's holding my hand, and she looks at me and she goes, "Dad, did you ever have fifty cents when you were a kid?" Uh. Which became the greatest question I'd ever been. <laughs> like I was ready to get scratch paper. I, right. Like I want to go back. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking. I'm looking up at the sky and I'm going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have fifty uh. cents." And she goes. What'd you buy with it? And it echoed. It like I'm like this kid wants to touch my soul right yeah, now. Yeah, she this knows is, this is real. This is real stuff. So I told her. I said I bought. I bought uh, uh, candy. I bought like chocolate and stuff. I said baseball cards. She goes, "What are baseball? Oh, now Get you're now out you're, of town, Jack. Holy cow! Guess who got a 22 minute breakdown <laughs> on baseball cards? Oh, right? Man. And 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 I finish explaining baseball, and she looks at me and she goes. Why would you buy those? Oh, and and weed makes you sad. So I got sad. I was you're like, Why did I have, waste those? Were you sad that you didn't have sons at that point? No, I was okay. sad that as a Jew, I wasted fifty cents <laughs> on gum, on, on crappy gum, <laughs> that hard gum. Yeah. yeah, and I go, well, you. I told her, I said, you buy them because you know they're worth uh, money in the future. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, so you still have them? And I go, no, <laughs> none of this makes sense. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, what a waste of time. Yeah. And I said, you're right. And and that whole conversation would have never happened. If I wasn't high. The best part about it is if at the end you would have went, you know what? She was never there. No, I hit her. I said, don't ever question me about my money. What's wrong with you? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't it's know. tough. It's I, tough. I have to dial it in. I have you you got to figure. Yeah. Uh, maybe rectally might be the way to go for you. Well, I think I'd rather be sober. Okay. Well, yeah, depends um, how bad you want it, Mike. Yeah. It's not, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a naturally happy guy. So um, I... I, I also feel like I've been taking them at the wrong times. Like, I'm trying to wait until I have nothing to do. That's so that the I can thing. Just, but it's very rare that that happens. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to literally go to a log cabin somewhere yeah. with people you're okay with that you're not going to have to... You know, mushrooms are like a very... It's they're like dominoes. If one person starts having a bad go with mushrooms, yeah, the whole room goes. Now explain this to me. What's a bad? See, I don't want to throw up. Uh, that's I don't want to feel nauseous. I don't care about throwing up. I don't want to have that nauseous feeling. Mm. So that's what everybody tells me about mushrooms is the downside. What like I want to see some stuff. So, like I bought Timothy Leary's books. Yeah. I want to. I want to know. I want to unlock some things. I'm a huge fan of mushrooms. Yeah. Love mushrooms. Um, you never have a bad experience where you can never. say, I'm not doing mushrooms anymore. Never. Okay. Never. The, the, this is positive. The, um, it's one of the best drugs, but one of the drugs that I look the least cool doing ever because they the taste is awful. Yeah. I have a weak tummy. Okay. So, you know, you're sitting there with your butt and you're like... Dude, you're chewing the stack. You're like, we're going to get something. We're going to get something. This is going to be awesome. You have to chew them. You can't just swallow them. We we made tea. Oh, we yeah, would boil them and we put in tea. And, and, man, you go for a ride. Oh, really? Yes. Now, I've seen stuff. Like Not- what? Tell me this is where it gets good. <laughs> All right. So... I was working one summer as a camp counselor. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to name the Seems camp. responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was the last night of camp. And so one of the counselors snuck up some mushrooms, and me and him split them. And, uh, and as we're as, – nothing has happened. It's like 45 minutes went by. Nothing's kicked in. They say to me, they go, Shuli, there's uh, the big cabin up at the top of the hill. The kids, we're going to put on movies for them to watch, and they can stay up, and they can all hang out in this okay. big cabin. We need somebody to hook up the DVD player. Can you go? Oh. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I walk up. DVD player. Yeah. Sit, RCA, TV. Back to the DVD, plug it into the wall. 
literally the second I get behind the TV and the DVD player, the mushrooms kick in. And now I'm diffusing a nuclear device, yeah. right? <laughs> Clock's like, ticking. Sweat yeah. is pouring. I'm looking. I'm like, what if I plug the red into the yellow? Whoa. What's going to happen? Yeah. And and it literally took seven and a half. It took <laughs> so long that when the picture came on, the camp applauded. <laughs> They're like, yay, he figured it out. Yeah. I walk, I go to my friend, I go, it's kicking. We got to get away from children. I got to go. Yeah. We start walking down this hill. It's nighttime. I see two kids by themselves off in the sports field. I go, you can't have this. This, this is counselor time. Yeah. Mushrooms or no mushrooms. That's right. This is when kids get pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, hey, you guys got to go back up to the cabin. Can't be out here by yourself. Make Norman. So I go, guys. Get up to the and my my buddy goes yeah it's a rock <laughs> and and I'm and I'm st- I go what are you talking I go that's Jennifer that's Dylan I know both of those kids yeah, yeah. Jen Dylan get up to the cabin now and he goes dude you're talking to a-. I go I'll prove it to you and I walk over to what is two children or a rock Rocks, yeah and here's how I decide to check I kick as hard as I can oh. And here's what I learned. Also good if it was a child to kick it, yeah. Turns out, when you break your big toe on mushrooms, kicking a rock, Not you don't Jennifer. feel it till the next morning. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't a kid. We we ran off. We And then the ride of mushrooms is laugh your ass off for 25 minutes, relax, laugh again. Like, for me, laughter is... It just it goes hand in hand with shrooms. That's yes. why I love it so much. I think uh, I might have watched Encanto while I might have yeah. been a little high. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I loved it so much. Yeah. So I'm thinking back on it now. I think maybe I was on an edible, um, but I definitely it was a much better experience that way. So Spanish, maybe I'll do mushrooms. I want truly mushrooms, though. I don't want any yeah. of your... Micro, micro dosing, yeah. you know? Take them in baby steps. I don't want to see any of your devil mushrooms that you do. <laughs> I don't have art. devil mushrooms. I have the mushroom chocolates that are very easy to micro dose. This guy's done more cocaine and so, mushrooms and all that stuff, but won't get vaccinated. That's not true. I, have, vac- I don't do uh, cocaine anymore, Michael. I can't do it. Because you can't afford it. No, I, I can't afford it. I just don't want to do it anymore. I, uh, yeah. Way to take a stand, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, won't, I won't do Stay that strong. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's too, too many uppers. Sure. Too many uppers. Not good sure. uh, No, no booster for me and no more key bumps either. It's a new year. It's a new year. But I got your mushrooms, Michael. Julie, who is the in all your years at the Stern Show, the uh, nicest and worst celebrity? Uh, Nicest celebrity would probably be um, a tie between Norm. Norm was great because I would always, uh, well not always, but a lot of times we would go and smoke a cigarette downstairs together. Uh And uh, and he was a big fan of uh, the Howard 100 News yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Steve Langford and knew him from Canada. So he was, I mean, the first time I ever met him wasn't even at, it was after he had done the show. It was later in the afternoon. He was up at Sirius doing all this press. And I'm walking down one end of the hall, and he's at the other end, far away. I could tell it's him. Yeah. And, he, and I just hear his voice, and he goes, Who's that, Julie? <laughs> and I'm going, did Norm McDonald just say my name? That's a good feeling. And uh, I walk over and I talk to him. And later that night, he let me open for him at Caroline's. Oh, really? Like right out, like right out the blue. One of the nicest guys ever. Uh, I made Norm do a spit take, uh, which made me feel very good. Wow. And then uh, he, um, he, at the end of it, he goes, hey, I was. this is a good time. I'm, uh, I had a, a good time on the show. And he goes, I'm going on the Stern show next week. I'd 
mention your name on there, but then he'd spend a half hour talking about how horrible you are and how much he hates you. Would <laughs> 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 you just leave me out of it, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, he, we only got him one time on the show, but it was memorable, man. He was great. He he's one of those guys. There's there's a handful of performers that would go on shows, yeah, and just completely take it over, yeah. You know, and he was one of those guys. Rickles was one of those guys sure. back in the day. Like, I mean, it's why I used to stay up to watch Carson when oh, Rickles yeah. was on because I'm like, this dude's not going to have any control of a show anymore. Yeah, and yep. I love it. Yeah, and uh, and who are the who are the worst? There, Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. Really? This was like, at the well, Stern a friend show. of the show. This wasn't at the Stern. This oh. was at Letterman. So I used to work at Jay, with Jay Thomas. Yes, and Jay every year would go uh, to Letterman. And tell his Lone Ranger story yep. and throw a football at the Christmas tree with a meatball on top. Right. It was a tradition. Yes. And one year he invited myself and my wife to come to the taping. And then he invites me backstage, uh, you know, in the green room before the show. I go back there and we're talking, and it's like a room with different people in it, and there's some women in there, and then Alec Baldwin walks in. And I swear to you, and to this day, it's maybe the douchiest thing I've ever heard. He walks up to a woman, attractive woman, and he goes, Hello. She goes, hi. He goes, do you rent or own? <laughs> and I'm just like, why don't you just slam yeah. your head in a car door, you idiot? Like, he, he had nothing, nothing good to follow up after that. That wasn't. But it's like, like what? It, what? Yeah. So what if she owns? I don't know. Then I where th- do we go? I what thought he had rent? a cheesy line to, to follow it up, but that was no. his, that was his opening. She goes, excuse me. He goes, rent or own? And she goes, own. Oh. He goes, hmm. And that was it. I don't know. Maybe he's sizing uh, up somebody to shoot. I don't know what his deal was, but I could tell you that it was just such a, like, I'm in the room kind of energy with that I guy. I feel like I would have been enamored by him because he's handsome and he's Alec Baldwin. He does other hey. There, There is some people, like Gene Simmons, right? Yeah, yeah. Gene Simmons was a total jerk-off. Yeah. But no one has no one has ever said, you know what's cool, Gene Simmons? We all say Gene Simmons is a jerk-off. Yeah. And, and... You know, I saw him outside of Sirius, and he's standing there by himself, and I just go, you know, and the Israeli in me goes, yeah. he's Israeli, yeah, I'm Israeli, sure. maybe Correct. he'll change my life. Yeah. I'm not a huge Kiss fan, you know, but whatever. I walk over, I go, Gene, how are you? Doesn't even look at me. He's staring straight ahead. He just puts his hand out for a fist, oh, fist bump. bump. So already, I'm like, what a jerk. Right, right, right. But I love it. Yeah, I'm yeah, in. Yeah. I fist bump him. I go, uh, big fan. He goes, um, what do you do here? And I said, uh... I work for the Howard Stern Show, and I'm a stand-up comic. And he goes, what's your name? And I go, uh, Shuli. And then he looks at me. Did he bright, bright eye? He goes, Fellow Jew? He goes, Israeli. Oh, said, really? Yeah. And he says, and then he turns straight again. He goes, let me hear your opening joke right now. <laughs> no, no pressure. Well, for me, I don't feel pressure. For me, in moments like those, it's about the story. Yeah, yeah. Right? For me, it's... Uh, it's it's telling this it, like having this story to tell later on because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've told this story to other comics. They're like, I told them to go f off. I told them, uh, and it's like, all right, dude, th- then maybe you don't get it. Yeah. Like this is what ca- all the toys and bells and whistles. It's meaningless at the yeah, end. Yeah, of it. yeah. It's the guy with the most stories, right. Who's the killer? The experiences, yeah. right? So he says, "Let me hear your opening joke right now," and I said, uh, "Okay." I go, well, uh, I, I usually get massages about once a month. I said, uh, I usually have women do it. Last week was a guy. It was the first time. I said, uh, I was nervous. I, said, I didn't think the guy wants to bang me. I just nervous about getting a boner and digging it. Right, right. <laughs> and I go, uh, but uh, I lasted the whole massage. Um, 
no boner. I said, which was weird because I finished all over myself. So <laughs> and uh, and and I see he he doesn't laugh. I don't see shoulders. I just see two eyebrows go over his sunglasses. Doesn't look at me and goes, "That's a really good joke." <laughs> And then we stood there in silence yeah, yeah. for three to five seconds. Uh, him staring straight, me staring at him like a statue. And after like five seconds, I just go, well, great meeting you, buddy. And, and he again gives me the no-look fist bump, and I walk that's off. so funny. And I'm like, that's why you do it for that story. He, uh, he And I cleaned up the joke, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, he called the show. <laughs> And uh, we had him scheduled to call the show for something. And for some reason, for the next four days, he called the show again every time. First, we thought we were getting pranked. We thought it was Craig Gass was calling us. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. But he kept getting his numbers confused. And we'd, we'd be like, uh, hello. And he'd go, well, Gene Simmons just calling. We'd go, Jesus Christ, Gene. Every day now. Like, we got to the point where you just we're getting annoyed by Gene Simmons. I love you're getting robocalled yeah. by Gene Simmons, <laughs> yeah. like telemarketing. Your warranty and your car's expired. Uh, who uh, are you using for your electrical uh, company right Have you now? considered solar? He's the, he's the worst, and yet, for some reason, you still want to have him on the show. You still want to talk to him. You know who was great also was uh, uh, Rob Schneider was oh, yeah. killer. Such a nice guy. He was one of the weirdest. He was nice. He was super nice. We had a great interview with him, but I was talking to him about how I can't stop drinking milk, and when I need milk, I want vitamin D, full fat, can't have any. And he started giving me a recipe for almond milk, wow. and we were like, "Hey, all right, thank, thanks, yeah. Rob Schneider. I don't, we're good." Like, but he was he was fine. He was a nice guy. Yeah, but like, nobody wants to work. To no, drink their, <laughs> yeah. their I don't want to put nuts in a jar with water and <laughs> thanks. Rob Snyder, appreciate yeah, it. I need a degree to make a glass yeah, of milk. Yeah. No, thank you. That's so funny. Well, that's good, man. I, well, I'm glad things are going good for you. Uh, and a lot of people would, uh, you know, use that opportunity and then just at the end not know what to do when it's over. And you have parlayed that into your stuff now. You got stand up. You got the podcast. Tell people where to find the podcast. Uh, the Shuli Show is my podcast. It's available on all platforms. YouTube. Uh, you can sign up to the Patreon. You are involved in all the live shows. Uh, all the bonus content, bonus shows. Uh, then I'm doing a, another podcast with some of my boys. Uh, we call it the Miserable Men Show. It was a show we used to do on Sirius back yes. in the day. Now, is Brent on that show with you guys? Brent who Hatley. Yeah. Brent Hatley. Uh, Mike Morse. Who's, uh, uh, now, does Mike still work at the Howard Show? No. My, oh. But Mike was really more of a roast writer and a comedy writer. He used to write a lot for Lampanelli. I heard that he was writing he did the work monologue. For, like he, he did work yeah. for a little bit for when Howard was doing monologue stuff in the beginning. He, he Mike Morse is one of the funniest writers. He is a Killer. super talented guy. Killer. Yeah. And, and great on Miserable Men. Uh, an another guy, Mark Burns, who was part of our Miserable Men crew back in the day, who started as a caller. Uh -huh. So I have a little mini-me uh, on the show. And, of course, the Reverend Bob Levy. Not uh, a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Well, let's hear it. What's going on? Uh, oh, you know, he's he's like uh, Jeff the Drunk. He's just a miserable <laughs> douchebag. Well, I can't argue that. He So uh, he, years ago, was coming here to do a show at the State Theater. It was... Levy and some other people. I can't remember who it was. But the uh, somebody on that show I was interested in having on. I can't remember. Galvin, do you remember? I don't know whether it was Florentine. I don't know because I would have went right to Florentine. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. they're, on, they're on a show and they're doing. And I was like, I'd be interested in having this guy on. 
and they were like, I didn't, I didn't hate Bob then, but I didn't care to have him on the show. All he really had was that eating salad dressing thing, and he was just known to be a douche. And I was like, mm. but I wanted the one guy anyway. So some communication got mixed up, and they told him that we weren't interested in having him on, and he lost his mind. And then he started sending me threatening emails oh, about how terrestrial radio people are still afraid of Howard Stern people. And I'm like, first of all, you're not a Howard Stern person. You're a guy who's leached onto the show. And uh, I'm not afraid of anything. Then he wanted, like, physically was threatening me. He's like, I'm from Philly. I'm not afraid of you Florida guys. And I went, hey, buddy, I'm from New York. You want to you come and yeah. fight? I'll fight you. I, you're still not getting on my show, but I'll kick your ass in the parking lot if you want. Yeah, the guy threatening you from Philly pulled his own tooth out two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. just by wiggling it. Right. So I don't know that uh, confrontation, physical confrontation is something he would go down. Uh, I can tell you, it sounds like you met Bob during the Kalanapin years. Maybe, maybe. And so, you I, know. I, I, d- I never found him to be uh, somebody that I think would be good for the show or would think it would be funny. Although I appreciate what he does, and I know that on Miserable Men, he's probably great on that because he's, he's miserable. Yeah. He's, he's miserable, he's an idiot, and, and you know... He's not somebody that I'm like, we're going to be out to ruin Bob Levy. He's just somebody right. I'm just like, no, nah, it doesn't matter to me. No, I got yeah. you. And, and uh, you know, we didn't talk for years. Like, oh, yeah? We had a falling out. Yeah, of course. I, I didn't most people him. that know him. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this, this newer version of him, when he reached out and we talked, it, it was a version that I'd never met before, kind of taking responsibility for stuff. Oh, really? So that... Somebody's been to therapy. Nice. Yeah, listen, yeah. he's he's met a great woman uh, again, and uh, hopefully this one takes. Yeah, a matter of time before he's sleeping in this one's basement or yeah. whatever it was he was doing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, man, he's great. I got I got a podcast. I think you're gonna like coming out in February. With okay, a comic named James Mattern. I don't know if you know James. I don't believe I do. He uh, he just put out an album that was voted uh, the best album of uh, 2021. Um, through the Intero Bank. Yeah, um, they're great. It's called uh, The Check Spot. Okay. And if, if anyone's <laughs> familiar spot. with The Check Spot... Uh, it, the worst part for a comedian. It's in a showcase show where you have five to ten different comics. There's one comic that has to come up and do five to ten minutes while everyone's getting their checks. <laughs> and it's, it's literally, miserable. don't be funny while people are doing math and arguing over money. Right. And it's splitting a, up a check between four people, and yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It's comedy death. So, what does James do? Makes a whole album where he's just doing sets <laughs> during the during check, check spots. <laughs> That's funny. So it's great. And uh, him and I started together in Vegas doing stand up. Um, we bombed so much that we had a code phrase that we would tell each other on stage when one of us would host. We'd go up. We'd we'd eat it for ten minutes. We go, please welcome James Matter. James would come out on stage. I'd shake his hand, look him right in the eyes, and I go, "Thanks for coming out." Uh-huh. And that That's was your cue. that was our, that was my way of letting him know you're about to eat every mm-hmm. bite of this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can. You have nothing written that's going to help you. Right. You're about to die. So, him and I were friends with so many comics. We have so many stories, and nothing. There's nothing comics love more than telling war stories. We uh, have a podcast coming out in February called "Thanks for Coming Out." A podcast about bombing. Oh, that's good. And it's just uh, us two and another comedian or two, and we just sit down and we go down the list of their worst bombs. 
Were authorities ever called? Uh. Was fist fights ever? Did you ever bomb in front of famous people? Family, you know, we, we just did Mark Norman, who bombed in front of Seinfeld. Oh, I know. Mark Norman's Beacon. great. Uh, you got to talk to Bobby Kelly and Colin Quinn. 100%. They, too, they have the best bombing, each other bombing stories. Uh. Oh, it's, it's, it, that's, a good, that's a great idea. Yeah, and that, that podcast is a lot of fun. We've been recording a bunch of episodes. It's coming out in February. I'm very happy for it. Uh, we're going to have a Patreon. We're going to be doing bonus stuff where people can send us in premises. And we're going to come up with bits on the fly good, and good, most good. likely bombs. So. All creative stuff, though. That's good, man. Keep it going. It's something cool about not having to worry about emailing somebody the next day when you have an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Run it by it at 10 people before it gets on the air. Yeah, that freedom is... I hear you. That's great. Well, oh. listen, I'm glad you're feeling... All right, I don't I know think, what happened there. I mean, Bone TV is frozen on their end, so yeah. it's probably some type of connect, connection issue. That's all right. We're but, about to wrap it up anyways. Yeah. That was uh, Shuli. He's going to be out at Side Splitters. You can go check him out. We're done. It's Friday. You're done. Ah, after <laughs> show coming up next. <laughs> oh, you do press buttons. Relax. <laughs> I do a lot more than that. Thank you guys for listening this week. We'll be back on Monday. We're not actually taking Monday off. I would like to, though. But... That is it for us. We are out of here. Up next is the after show, then Roger and JP, followed by uh, John and Drew, then uh, Mo. Yes. Right? The Johnny B. Spike. Gotcha. Yep. All right, we're out of here. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.